What's something you did for the very first time in this last week? Yes. You had what? You had a macaroon. Look at that. We got bold people in the room. Super bold, courageous. What's something you did in the last week for the very first time? You had your first cup of coffee ever in your life? And you're not even a freshman. Hey, who's here for the first time tonight? Hey, welcome, welcome. We are so excited that you're here to join us. Hey, good news for you. If you are here for the first time tonight, you are not alone. You are not alone. This is not my first time here, but it is something brand new for me. This is my first in as the director of university ministry. I appreciate the people that screamed loud in the front row. You guys sit in the front row every week. That's wonderful. I was the interim director here in the spring. It's not the first time. You may have seen me up front if you're a returner, but it is the first time in the full-time director role, which means I'm going to be here for a while. Okay, so get used to it for better or worse, for good and bad, richer or poor. I will be here for a while and I'm excited. I love this place. This place means a ton to me. I was a student here years ago and I hope it becomes home to you. I know you've met a lot of people tonight. You might be meeting me for the very first time. My name's Mike, if you didn't know. But I want to introduce you to someone who's very important to me, who you hopefully will get the chance to get to know this year. This is my wonderful, beautiful wife, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel is not on staff here. She actually works at Seattle Children's Hospital, just down the road, uh, as a social worker down there. But she is involved. She has worked in and out. She is intricately uh, in my life with college students. She loves college students as well. Um, and so I've invited her. I just want you to see her. I want you to hear from her. Actually, more than just see her. We kind of have that relationship. We're not a, like a, behind every person is a woman or something, like a good woman's, like, yeah, that's right. We're a very, we're a very feminist forward family here. And so she can talk for herself. We're excited to have you tonight. Thank you, love. That's really sweet. Um, I just also, wanted- wait, pause. Look, we're twinning. Is that what the kids say? We're twinning. Really awkward. We didn't plan that. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What did we do? do I don't know. People are always pose in much better things. Um, but thank you so much. You can take photos if you want. Yeah, you can take photos. Thank you so much for welcoming us back here. Um, for me, walking in tonight really does feel like coming home because when I walked into the inn for the first time as a sophomore, I was hanging on to my faith by a thread, and I found just a community that um, fully accepted me where I was and pointed me to Jesus, and I fell in love with him here. Um, So I hope that you're able to find a home here too, wherever you're at in your faith, and just thank you so much for welcoming Mike and I home this year. Give it up for Rachel. Goodbye, my love. Rachel McAvoy, everybody. Hey, I would keep her up here, but it'll be distracting the whole time. We're never going to get through everything we want to tonight. I am going to tell you a story, though, now that she's gone. I'm going to tell you a story about our very first date. Actually, it's kind of about our first date. This is probably the biggest argument that we still have in our marriage, six years into marriage. Okay, you may not know this. We both, the inn was very important to both of us in our college time, but at different times. I'm actually five years older than her, so I graduated before she even started college. I know what you're thinking, inappropriate. Don't worry, totally appropriate. We did not date while she was in college, although she was cute. But when she graduated, okay, so we had this fun friendship. We had a two-year friendship. 
Okay, while she was a student and I was around here and, and, she, and we had this good relationship and she graduated and all of a sudden she was gone for a little bit and I was like, oh my gosh, why do I want to tell her every single thing in the whole world? That's weird. We're not dating. You know, she's just another person. Yeah, right. Um, and so, and so I, I, I had this plan, right? Okay, we're going to do something. I got to win her back. And we had had this kind of moment before on this boat. So I'm like, I know what I do. I will buy a boat. Okay, so I bought a boat. I really did. It's a yacht. It was a 12-foot wooden rowboat. Okay, so on Craigslist, bought 180 bucks, uh, and and I, I painted it, and I fiberglass, I got it ready, and then I, I, I asked her, "Hey, do you want to go out on the boat with me sometime?" And she says, "Of course, yes, that sounds wonderful." And so we we go on the boat, and we go right out in front of Husky Stadium. Okay, they're like these little rivers right alongside little creeks, and so we put the boat in, we go out and we paddle around, and we talk and have the most romantic talking time for about three hours. However, I did not think this was a date yet. So I still thought, maybe you guys think like one of the two of us, I still thought I need to ask her like on a date. Cause I had just said, do you want to come hang out on the boat? What if that was not an official date? What if she was thinking this was just friends? And so on the boat after three hours, I said, Hey, would you, I, I just, mm, I don't know what I said. It was really awkward, but I was like, would, I, I like you uh, <laughs> more than friends. Can we do something about it, please? I'd like to, you'd be my girlfriend. And and then she's like, cool. And so we went out uh, the next day. And so the next day, I, I often talk about as our first date. So sometimes I'll share, oh yeah, that was our first date. No, no, that was not a date. I still had to ask her out. That was very important. And she constantly reminds me, which is, is I do not argue with. She's normally right. Um, saying like, that was a date. You bought a boat. You planned it out. You were intentional, romantic. That's a date. If that's not a date, I don't know what a date is. Just because you did not define it ahead of time to me does not mean that that was not a date. Quick question. I'd like to take a survey in the room. <laughs> you have two options, people. One of those options is not to keep your hand down. If you think like me that you really have to define this like relationship as a date, raise your hand. Okay. Hey, I'm up front. Feel free to raise your hand more. Okay, if you think like my wife, like that was a date. We went on a date. That is not cool. All right. This is not as friendly of a crowd as I thought. All right, fine. Here's the thing. And let me ask you this. I was, I'm really big on defining things, right? I really like the DTR. The DTR was one of my favorite times. Is, did you guys still do this? Is this still a thing? Yeah. Do we still know what DTR is? Or, or do you guys just like, hey, let's go hang out together for a long time until someone finally says, what is this? People know what DTR is, right? I'm not that old yet. I'm going to assume that as a yes. Man, I like to define things. I like to know what I'm, what I'm a part of, what things are about, and where we're going. And so I'm just going to say, if you're here tonight, I hope you have fun. I hope it's a good night for you. I hope we learn a few things. I hope we look at Jesus. But, but a lot of tonight is, is kind of the defining night. A lot of this is talking about who we are, where we're going, even, even a chance to get to know each other a little bit more. For those that have been to school before, this might feel a little bit like syllabus day. You know syllabus day? You show up, they tell you, here's what you're going to learn this year. All right, five minutes in, you can go home. Um, does that still happen? But how great is it when it happens? Freshmen, don't get your expectations up. That may not happen. Sometimes you show up on syllabus day, you think it's gonna be 10 minutes and they're gonna send me home and they end up teaching the whole first day. And for me in college, I slept through that day and that was not cool. 
So today may be syllabus day, but it also may provide us a little bit of content of where we're going this quarter. That makes sense? You with me? You ready to go? All right, let's have some fun tonight. One other introduction I want to make before we move on. My parents are also here in the audience tonight. Right back there. Tim and Marsha McAvoy sitting in the very front row. Also, you guys clap for them. They did not do anything. Uh, they, if you're near them, just put your hand on them. Say, I cannot believe you produced something like that. Um, I was not the easiest kid in the world. There was a little bit of troublemaker in me. Um, more fun than anything else. But yeah, my parents are here. I, I just, I want to introduce them because honestly, like my family's important to me. They are. And, and not just family, but close friends and, and people that I consider family in my life. And I, and I hope that that the idea of home and the idea of coming into a place that you might find home over the next two, three, four, five years like me um, may be a home for you. And I know we come from all kinds of backgrounds. I know some of us come from great families. Oh man, I, that's a, you know, I come from a family just like I want to be. And I know some of us did not come from the best family situation. And whatever situation you come from, I want you to come in and find a place here that you would call home. That's my, that's my deepest hope that you would find joy in, in Jesus and in relationship with each other. I'm honored to be a part of that. I'm honored to be able to walk with you in your journey. I'm humbled to be the director of this ministry. I, I, I don't feel like I deserve to be up here. I feel like if you knew everything about me, you'd be like, you know, this guy does, should not be up front talking. But this place means a lot to me, and I'm honored to be back here. I was a student. I walked to this door. I started at the University of Washington in 2001. A long time. You guys were all born in 2001, I hope. Um, I started the University of Washington in 2001. Came from Seahome High School in Bellingham, Washington. Come on, my people in the back. I came in. I, I was a freshman in college. I got my very first cell phone ever my freshman year of college. One of those old Nokias. I don't know. You guys are probably four years old. They were awesome. Uh, I was a member of the Greek system right here. I was a Fiji right in the corner of uh, 45th and 17th. Um, and then started coming to this place and came out and this place became home. And the thing is, my college had a lot of experiences. It was not perfect. I loved my college, but it was not perfect. There were a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And I think that's what we get with college. We get some great moments. We get some of the highs of our life in college, but we also get some of the lowest points of our life in college. And so no matter where you come from, you're going to have those moments. And I hope along the way, as you're having highs and lows, that this place, we can be with you, we can walk with you, and that you can have a place that you call home this year. I know that for me, when I walked in here, uh, I kind of thought, okay, how important is Jesus going to be to me while I'm in college? And other things seemed a lot more fun out there, so I didn't really want to get super involved. I never would have sat up front. No offense to you guys. You guys are awesome. But I would have sat, I sat right back there where these people in chairs are sitting, even behind you. Nope, further back. <laughs> uh, pretty much the back row. I wanted to be here, but I would leave pretty soon afterward. I, I was a little nervous. To be honest, some of you guys might have walked in here, seen a lot of people, and it looks like everybody else knows each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, everyone, when I ask a question, all you guys start talking to each other. What if you're out here like, I don't know who to talk to. Why is everyone talking to each other so much? And I would get scared of that. And then I'd see people in the front row, and they'd be hands up, praising God, you know, worshiping. And I'd be like, oh, man, that's, that's kind of intense for me. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know if I belong here. All of a sudden, I started wrestling with the idea, do I belong here? You might be feeling that same thing right now. Do I belong here? Do I belong here? You're trying something new. A lot of you, I love that you are. Anytime we try something new, it can feel a little strange at times. I mean, I walked into Whole Foods the other day for the first time. It felt weird. 
It felt really weird. I was used to using the unsafe way down on the Ave, okay? And, uh, and, and, and my wife says, hey, no, no, no. Whole Foods has lowered their prices. They've lowered it. They got bought out or something. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. They lowered their prices. They have discounts up everywhere. Check it out, Whole Foods. So I get done uh, somewhere. I go to Whole Foods. I'm all excited. And everyone is like, oh, they're like, it just... People seem a little different in there. Not that there's anything bad if you shop at Whole Foods, but the aisles are thin. I'm kind of a bigger guy. I was like, I can't even get by you right now. And, and I, everything's right. If you, if you take a non-organic thing off the shelf and you put it in your cart, everyone's looking at you like, that is not good for the environment. That is not organic. And, and I felt, felt weird, but I just looked around. I thought everybody knows what they're doing at Whole Foods except for me. Okay, the same thing. I joined a new gym, Community Fitness, right up the road. I walk in. I'm used to working out by myself at 24. I walk into Community Fitness, and everyone is like part of the class, big group class, and they're taking weights. They're putting them out in stations. Everybody is putting them out in stations, not just the instructor up there. And I'm, I'm like, oh, no. Everybody knows what they're doing. I'm the only one here. And so this is not a lie. Everyone was doing something except for me. This would have been the moment that if I had my phone on me and I wasn't working out, I would have done something. Um, I fake tied to my shoe. I didn't know what to do. I froze and I just thought, I'll untie and then I'll retie my shoe. <laughs> when you do something new, it seems like everybody else knows what they're doing. It feels really easy to feel like we don't belong. If you feel that way, I want you to know, I hope that you know you belong here in this place. You might've walked in and just felt a little different. You might notice there are a lot of white people in this room. You might not be a white person. You may have walked in as a person of color into this place and felt like, do I belong? I look around, I see a lot of people that don't look like me. I want you to know, maybe that's the way that things have been, but we are excited you're here. It's not where we're going. We're going somewhere different. My prayer is that we become a multi-ethnic, multicultural ministry. That we learn from people not like us. It is not enough for us to be tolerant of people not like us. We will get to know, we will have relationships, we will love, we will, we will do the hard work of reconciliation here. Everyone wants to talk about reconciliation. We'll step into the hard things, knowing that, hey, as, as I say this is a 35-year-old white, straight male who was in the fraternity and loves Husky football. I'm not a minority anywhere, <laughs> at least not in this room and in no way. If you walked in here feeling a little different like a minority in this room, I know I don't really have a place there to say that to you, but I hope from the director of this ministry that you feel welcome, and I hope you help us. Hope you help us be a place that connects with different, with different cultures and, and different ethnicities here. Maybe different for you. You might have walked in here tonight identifying as part of the LGBTQ plus community. You may look around and go, okay, am I welcome in a church? I hope you feel welcome here. I hope you know this is home for you. I hope you know you can, walk, you can do more than just walk in the door. You can be in the center of what we do. You, I want you involved in, in stuff that we do here. We love you. We're excited. If you're part of that 3.4 to 5% statistically of, 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 of people here in this room, man, I hope you know you're loved just as you are. We love you so much. So much. You belong here. It might be something different. You might just feel, you know, you might uh, live in the dorms and you may feel like there's a lot of Greek people here. You might go to Seattle U or SPU or one of the community colleges and feel like, man, everyone else goes to UW. And even videos we show just show UW. How come they don't film at my school? Help us out. Take some footage. 
Send it to us. We'd love it. We would love it. You're welcome here. You may not even go to school. You might be 20 years old and go, I'm not in school right now. Am I welcome in this place? You might be in the college age. We might talk a lot about going to class, but you're still welcome in this place. It might be something different. You just might not love Husky football and feel like a minority when I get up here and talk about football all the time. Or you might be not fashionable like me and look around people like, oh man, they're fashionable. I'm not like them. Or it might be something, you know, you may, you may struggle with your relationship with God. You may not even have a relationship with God. You may have walked in here tonight going, why am I in a room where people are talking about Jesus? I do not like Jesus. I'm angry with God or I don't care to have a relationship with him. Do I belong here? Yes, I'm excited that you're here. You do not have to think like us to be with us. You can have different views on stuff. In fact, I don't even know who us really is in that. Even within our staff here, we have different views on a lot of things. We want you to come in and know that this is a place you can wrestle and feel at home. We want you to discover, discover real life about Jesus. I will say, I will not apologize for this. This is what we're about here. We believe that real life, full life, new life is found in Jesus. That knowing him, that a deep relationship with him does something, does something. We allow him to come in to our life that he will transform us. He will take the old, stale, broken parts of our life and he will make them new. We'll not apologize for talking about Jesus ever. But we're excited you're here to have that conversation with us. Discovering real life in Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. Discovering real life in Jesus. Um, our, our, our theme text around here comes from John 10, 10, and it goes like this. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I believe that in Jesus, we find a full life that we cannot find anywhere else. Let me give you a little preview for you freshmen. College has the opportunity to be an awesome time for you. Now, is it gonna be the greatest four years of your life? I don't know. That's what people tell you when you get here. But you're gonna do a lot of cool things. You're gonna come in here. You're gonna be able to study whatever you want. You don't have to take classes before noon if you don't want to. That is your option, unless your major requires it or something weird like that. But you can do whatever you want. You can study things that matter. Nobody's telling you what to do. For most of you, you're living away from your parents now. You're not living with anybody that's telling you what to do. You're gonna have new friendships, new relationships, new romance in your life. That gets a cheer. People excited about some new romance in here tonight. All right, we'll do a little mixer over here afterward, anyone that wants to hang out. Man, you're gonna have a great time. You're gonna go on weekend road trips. You're gonna spend Christmas break or spring break in Latin America. You're gonna get to do so many cool things during college and you're gonna feel at times like this is life to the full. And for some of you, it's going to be tough. It will not be perfect every moment. You will struggle. You will struggle with your identity. You will feel lonely. You will experience rejection. Some of you have already experienced that. I know that. Some of you are walking in right now. You did not get into the sorority you wanted a couple weeks ago. Some of you guys might have dropped out of the whole process because the feeling of rejection can kill us. We can feel lonely. We can feel isolated. We can be in college and feel like nobody gets me. I'm all alone. Nobody really cares about me. It can be a hard place. 
bad things happen. Some of us are here right now and we've already in the last week made decisions that we said we would never make before. And we're experiencing pain and brokenness. For some of us, we've been in a relationship for so long and that might've just ended and all of a sudden we're single and we've defined ourselves by being in this relationship and now we don't know what to do. We feel lonely and isolated. And some of us start to experience the brokenness and the pain that comes from other people's choices. It's a reality out there. The world we live in can be awesome. I was a member of the Greek system here. I loved being a part of it, but there's some bad things that happen. And some people suffer the consequences, not just in the Greek system, but everywhere. But it is more prevalent in college. I mean, there's a real statistic. One in four, you females in this audience will experience sexual abuse while in college. And a growing number of men as well. It's a reality of of, of what the world is like out there. I don't mean to say that to be a downer. I actually liked where we were going earlier in the night. But I say it for this reason. We're going to wrestle with this tension. Okay, you ready for it? Here it is right here. We're gonna wrestle with this tension while in college if we choose to follow Jesus. Life to the full is what Jesus offers and promises, but at times my life does not feel that way. I open the Bible, it says life to the full, but my life doesn't feel that way. I feel lonely. I feel like I'm not experiencing the things that I should be experiencing if life is really to the full. And we wrestle with that. And for some of us, that's going to cause all kinds of things to happen. All kinds of things. Some of us are going to walk away. Statistically, there are going to be a number of people, a lot of people in this room that will call themselves followers of Jesus as we enter into college that, that within four years decide, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't know exactly why that is, but I do know that sometimes our expectations are, 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 are not in line okay, with what Jesus promises. And when our expectations are different from what reality is, it leaves us really disappointed I think at times there are promises made. I don't know exactly where promises come from, but a lot of us get ideas in our head. I know I do. Sometimes I start to think things about Jesus. Maybe you grew up in the church and there were, there were promises made. Hey, just trust God and everything in life will be great. Hey, your life sucks. Invite Jesus into your life and you won't experience like pain and brokenness anymore. It's gonna be good things from here on. You're not gonna be lonely anymore. You're always gonna have a friend next to you. And why do I feel lonely at times? It feels like a broken promise. We're going to wrestle with that tension that it does not feel like life to the full. We're missing this picture of Jesus. We get an accurate view of who he is. This is so important. We get an accurate view of who he is. I think we can, we can start to interact with him and have the right expectations and experience that life in in a new way. That's what I want for us. And so what we're gonna do here for the next six weeks, okay, we're gonna start a series tonight. We're gonna look at Jesus and who he says that he is. Because we hear all kinds of things that other people say about Jesus. But what we wanna do is we wanna look at the character of Jesus. Who does he define himself at? And I think this is really important. I think this is really important. Because for so many of us, okay, we, we, we picture this idea of Jesus and we start to think about the idea of the power of Jesus, okay? And we get infatuated with the power and we get excited about the power and we get so excited about what Jesus can do for us that we miss who he is. 
Okay, we're going to open up the book of John. We're going to continue reading John 10 tonight. And I think this is really important because what John says is he says, I'm going to give you a picture of Jesus. I'm going to give you a close-up look. He says, come here. Come here. Come with me. He says, this is a guy who had a very intimate, close relationship with Jesus. He spent time in small groups individually, bigger groups with Jesus. He understood him. And what John says in his book is he says, look, you have to understand his heart. You have to understand who he is, his very essence. If you don't, you'll get so excited about his power, the miracles he's going to do. He's going to turn water into wine. He's going to raise people from the dead. He's going to do miracles. You're going to get so excited about his power. Then you're going to go, Jesus, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? God, help me. Give the things that I want. And we fall in love with his power and we miss who he is. And John says, if you miss who Jesus is, you miss the best part. You miss his very essence. You miss the heart of Jesus. Let's open up tonight. We're just gonna we're just gonna start scratching the surface of this. The next week we're gonna get into a little more content. But here we go. John ten says this, starting the verse ten. We actually back up a little bit from that verse we we read, and it says this: "The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full." I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I, however, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. We're going to break this down for a little bit. Now, the shepherd analogy here, not a great one in our culture. I don't know if any of you guys grew up in like shepherd culture. I did not. I think I've had two interactions with a shepherd in my life. I think when I was young, grew up in the church, I think at one point we had to make a diagram. Maybe you guys made this if you grew up. And it has a sheep and you make the sheep out of cotton balls. You know what I'm talking about. You have made a cotton ball sheep before. And the second is when I was young and I was in the Christmas pageant at church, I think the McAvoy kids were always shepherds because it was an easy costume. Mom's good at a lot of things, but costumes, you know, I don't know. She just says, here, take a bed sheet. Let's put it over your head again. You're a shepherd. And you're also going as a ghost for Halloween. It's a perfect costume. It'll work for both. That's our picture of a shepherd Though we, we kind of picture that. I mean, I picture Jesus' lamb over the shoulder, kind of, you know, bouncing around, always smiling. Jesus is always smiling when you see a picture of him as a shepherd. We're going to look at a little different picture. But what I really want to do with a little bit of time left tonight is look at these three things that we're given, these three pictures that we, we see. One is this idea of the thief. Jesus says clearly the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I want you to understand the reality of the world that we live in. There is evil in our world. We know that. I don't have to tell you that. We look out that door. We see it in our community. We see it around the world. Man, we see people still experiencing social injustice in our own country, being treated differently. We see refugees around the world in their own country aren't able to stay there, have to move somewhere else because because there's violence, because people are killing other people for a whole bunch of different reasons, one being religion. We see people choosing to hurt other people. We know that there's evil out there in the world. 
That's not a surprise to us. And Jesus says, don't be surprised when you experience it. So when bad things happen in your life, that's not me. I don't want bad things to happen in your life. Don't think that I'm a bad God. That's the reality of the world we live in. But it's not me, but there is evil. Okay, now the second one here is a little bit trickier. The second picture we get is the hired hand, very close to the shepherd, but not quite. And this can be the one that actually throws most of us off, especially while in college, because it's so close to the real thing. There's something out there that is good. The hired hand is good. The hired hand is somebody that watches the sheep, that protects them, that does not let them get scattered, that most of the time doesn't let them get attacked, that does not let them run away, and probably goes after the lost sheep as well. But there comes a time where the hired hand is no longer going to put his own life on the line. Bear coming for sheep? I'm not doing it. You guys know what I'm talking about. You got friends like this. Be honest. All of us have at least one friend like this. Dude, brother, I'm with you. Ride or die, whatever. I'm, I'm in it with you forever. It's two days later. Hey, my car broke down on the side of the road. Oh, no, I'm really busy right now. Uh, people make promises and then let you down. Don't be that type of friend. But we have it all the time. We see people that are there when it's easy. We're friends when it's fun, when it's convenient, when it's easy. When we're having fun together, we're great friends. But then as soon as you get in trouble, as soon as you need somebody to talk to, as soon as you're alone, as soon as you can't go out tonight, because something happened, but I really wanted to go out tonight, mm, I'll, I'll meet up with you in the morning. I'm still going to choose to go out tonight. We know friends like that. It's a hired hand. It's, it, and in our life, that plays out with good things around us. There's a lot of things that the world will tell you will bring you happiness. And for a lot of them, it's true. Success. Success is probably the biggest one we see. Man, I'm in college. I got to study hard. I got to get really good grades. I got to get into grad school so that I can get a great job, good starting salary, have a family, get a dog, travel the world. Because then I'll be happy. Those are good things. You will never hear me say, don't study hard. You'll never see me say, don't work hard. Be great at whatever you do. But the moment that you start counting on that thing to be there for you no matter what, the moment that we can start to miss it, we get let down. I have some good friends. They're in our, in our small group that we have that live in Houston and their parents, their house just got totally run down in the hurricane. That was like their retirement plan. Like we're just gonna invest in our house. Successful, great people had said, there's no way, there's no way anything can happen to us. We have, we have a house and it's security. We are secure people. And all of a sudden they wake up one day and all the security where they don't offer insurance for that is gone. Because we've been counting on the world to do something for us. A lot of things in this world are great. But they're not the good shepherd. They're not Jesus. They can't do for you what Jesus can do for you. He's a good shepherd. And good does not just mean moral in this sense. It doesn't mean that he just always makes the right choice. Although, let's be honest, it's Jesus. He usually makes the right choice. But it means there's something about his very essence. It's beautiful. He's beautiful. And not, not just physically beautiful, but there's something about his heart and who he is. He cares so much about us. He wants so much for us. 
desires a deep, intimate relationship with us that can change who we are, and he is there no matter what. It's not always going to feel like he's there. Some of us are hooked on the narcotic of the feeling of God. We fell in love with that feeling. We didn't fall in love with God. And now we're going through withdrawal syndrome because that drug is gone. The feeling is gone. So now we're having a little bit of a fit. You know what I'm talking about? I do this myself. God, I'm angry with you. God, why aren't you here? I don't feel it right in this moment. I hope you feel it. I hope you come in here. I hope when we praise Jesus, I hope when you experience community with others, that, that, that God works in this and you feel it. I want that for you really bad. But God doesn't promise us that feeling. That's, that's not in here. So we don't feel it. That's not the absence of God in our life. He says, look, I'm the good shepherd. I am always with you. I am always there for you. I will come after you no matter what. There is nowhere you can go outside of my love. No matter what you do. I don't care that you've already made a bunch of decisions you're not proud of. Who cares? I love you. I'm coming after you. Give us five weeks here. Come back the next five weeks. We're gonna keep talking about this. We're gonna build off this next week. I hope this is a community where you know you can be totally yourself. But where you're open to everything that God wants to do in you this year. Let me pray for us. Jesus, you're a good, good father. Good, good father. God, it's easy to say that when life is going good. Oh God, it's hard to say that when we don't experience your blessings the way that we want them. God, I pray that you help us to be people that know who you are, your incredible heart and love for us. God, let college be a time for all of us here tonight where we would experience that love and have the time of our life, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.